Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Amen. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing this morning? You're doing well? How good was it to worship Jesus together? Absolutely fantastic. Last week, we started a new series called He Did It For Me. And if you're in the first service, you got to hear the whole sermon. If you're in the second service, uh, we spoke about one of the miracles. And eventually, we uh, moved into a time of praying for people. Uh, So essentially, uh, the series is about uh, five miracles that Jesus, we could say, performed for Peter. And uh, those of you got a good memory, uh, you remember what they are. If you don't, it's up on the screen. The first, of course, is the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. We spoke about that last week. The second was the miracle catch of fish, which is fantastic. Uh, Jesus said to them, launch out into the deep, uh, let down your nets for a catch. He told them where to go, what to do and what to expect. Sometimes in life, you need a word from God where God tells you where to go, what to do and what to expect. And you can believe for that. You can pray for that. That's the kind of direction that God wants to give to you. Can you say amen? And today we'll be looking at Peter walking on water. The next week we'll have a look at the payment of the temple tax where Jesus told Peter to cast the line, pull out the fish. There'll be a coin in the mouth of the fish and that'll pay for you, Peter, and it'll also pay for me. And the last one, which I'm sure you've never heard a sermon on, but we'll talk about it next week, and that is the healing of Malchus's ear. Who's never heard a sermon on that before? Because I certainly haven't. The rest of you, you've listened to a lot of sermons. (laughs) Five miracles. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me if you can to the book of Matthew chapter 14. And we're gonna have a look at Jesus walking on water and of course, Later, Peter does the same. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Amen. I know we get awfully quiet with masks on, but we'll do our best. Can you say amen? Amen. By the way, the rules all change on December 15th, unless we reach 95% double dose vaccination prior to that. And we've been told no more masks in Jesus' name. Amen. It affects my makeup, so... Amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Are you ready for the Word of God today? It says, Immediately, Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and go ahead of Him to the other side while He dismissed the crowd. Some of you have been with me to Israel. One of the great experiences we had on our Holy Lands tour is that we got to go to the Sea of Galilee. I'm going to show you a couple of pictures of us at the Sea of Galilee behind me. And you can see that the Sea of Galilee, that's my mother-in-law praying right there. She's doing a fantastic job. That is me when I was slim and I got my Kobe 11s on, even better. And you can see us on, well, my mother-in-law and I, there were plenty of others as well, on the Sea of Galilee. I want you to notice when you look at the Sea of Galilee, in particular this picture right here, you can see that the Sea of Galilee is not a huge sea. In fact, in, uh, earlier on in the Scriptures, it's actually referred to as a lake. 
For some reason, later on, it got changed to a C. So uh, right now, in this picture up here, where we are up on a mount, the mount is called Mount Abel. Mount Abel is essentially a place where uh, they believe when the Scripture says that Jesus sent the disciples out on the boat, He Himself went up on a mountain to pray. They suggest that that's the mountain that Jesus actually prayed from when He was watching His disciples go from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. It's an incredible experience when you're there, when you are there on the Sea of Galilee. It's a peaceful, tranquil experience. In fact, out of all the holy sites, I would say that personally that we went to, uh, that moment on the Sea of Galilee impacted me. Uh, the tears and the joy of being on that sea where the Scriptures say that Jesus walked on the water. It was truly remarkable. But I want to bring your attention back to the verse that we read, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, excuse me. The Scriptures say that Jesus insisted that His disciples go to the other side. We all have an other side. Come on, church. We all have an other side in our lives. For some of you, your other side is you are believing God for miracle first baby. For some of you, your other side is you're believing that maybe in 2022, God's gonna advance your career. You're gonna see a salary increase. The business is gonna break open. Perhaps for some of you, your other side is the salvation of one of your children, a son or a daughter. For some of you, your other side is you are believing God for a breakthrough in your health something that you've been living with for quite some time and you've been to the doctors, but at the same time, you have a genuine belief that God wants to bring a breakthrough in your health. That is your other side. For some of you, your other side is you are believing God that Mr. Wright will come along one of these days. Or Mrs. Wright, can you say amen? Faith without a corresponding action is dead. Some of you say, Amen. <laughs> Just look around the room and see who said Amen right there. I am a celebrant. We can make it happen today if you like. <laughs> That's your other side. For some of you, your other side is you are believing that God may take you on a missions trip in 2022 or perhaps your other side would be to go with Horizon Church at some point and do a Holy Lands tour. And you are believing that God would take you to the other side. We all have an other side. There's an expectation that we have, something that we believe that we want the Lord to do in us and through us. The great thing about this Scripture, this passage that we read this morning is that it has to do with your other side. It has to do with the thing that you are believing God for. It has to do with the thing that you are hoping for, an expectation that you have in, come on church, in the purposes of God. Let's read the passage together this morning, Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And let's see what happens as the disciples travel from one side of destiny to another. 
After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. The boat was already considerable or was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25 says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw Him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's Caspar, it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. We're gonna preach that today. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. Any Peters in the house this morning? You just wanna step out of the boat, give it a go and hope for the best. By the way, believers have actually tried this over the years. And at this point in time, I don't know anybody that's been successful, but you never know. <laughs> Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out His hand and caught him. You have little faith, He said. Why did you doubt? And when they had climbed into the boat, the wind died down. In our journey to the other side, thing that you're believing for, a hope, miracle, an expectation, one of the things that you discover in the call of God is that your other side is met with tests. It's met with trials. It's met with challenges. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brothers, talking to believers, count it all joy when you fall into a trial. James did not say, if you fall into a trial. He says, when you fall into a trial, assuming that all believers will go through a trial. In Matthew chapter 14, the disciples have been commissioned to go to the other side. And along their journey from one side of destiny to another, they face a gigantic trial, a trial that would test in fact their very belief in Jesus. They are at a point where they could easily say, this man sent us out, but he's actually left us here to die. Have you ever been at a place in the purposes of God where God has actually sent you out and now you're wondering where is His presence? Beaten, battered, tossed, thrown around by the waves. This is the journey called destiny. I wanna preach about three things this morning that Peter experienced in his journey to the other side. The first thing I want you to notice is Jesus arranged the test. What? <laughs> Jesus was the one who actually arranged the test. Have a look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 in the New Living Translation. It says, 
Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that His disciples get back into the boat. Jesus was the one who actually insisted that His disciples get into the boat. Now, when I think about the word insisted, this is not a suggestion. This is not a, hey, if you feel good about this, would you mind getting into the boat, going to the other side? In fact, the Greek word that's used there is the word compelled. Jesus compelled His disciples to get into the boat to go to the other side. Here's a couple of things I wanna mention to you this morning. Many of the tests that we face in journeying to the other side are in fact arranged by God Himself. Often we think that test, and yes, it is true, the Bible says that we should not be ignorant of the enemy's devices, but there are many tests that we face that are actually arranged by God Himself you can be perfectly in the will of God and face a storm. Jonah faced the storm because of his disobedience. The disciples faced the storm because of their obedience. You can bring about storms because of being nasty to the cat. Cat's gonna scratch you. Well, it's your own fault. Don't be nasty to the cat. What you sow is what you reap. But how many of you know You can be walking out the purposes of God. You can be perfectly, according to your heart's desire, to be smack bang in the middle of the will of God and you can face a storm. But here's the point. If Jesus is the one who orchestrated the storm or arranged the storm, then He is the one who can actually get you out. Because He's the King of Kings and He is the Lord of Lords. And we cannot this morning make the mistake of thinking that this journey towards destiny and outworking the purposes of God is always going to be smooth sailing. But the good news that we have this morning is that Jesus said that in this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now I want you to notice a verse real quick, which I noticed for the first time this week in Mark chapter six, verse 48. It says, He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Jesus was not absent. Jesus was not at a place where He did not care about what the disciples were going through. Now, yes, at this point in time, He was at a distance, but He could see. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, that He makes intercession for us. He's watching, He's looking, He's he's there to protect you even though at times He feels like He's at a distance in the middle of your storm. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's a challenge. But He's watching and He's looking after you and He's protecting you in the middle of your storm. I want you to notice also number two of how Jesus impacts Peter's world. I want you to notice 
something very unique in this passage that we read this morning. Have a look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 25. It says that about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. How amazing is that? The very thing that's actually trying to destroy them, the very test is the very thing that Jesus is walking on to demonstrate to the disciples that this may be a test, but all it is to God is a staircase to get Him to you. Can you say Amen? He has overcome. Now I wanna ask you a question this morning. When you are in your journey of going to the other side and you face a gigantic trial, you don't know if you're gonna make it, where are you, Lord? What's the one thing that Jesus would say to you in a storm? Matthew chapter 14, verse 27 says, But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, Don't be afraid, He said, Take courage, I am here. And that's the word that I wanna speak over you today, that yes, the storm might be raging, there's wind, there's waves, there's challenge, there's difficulty, there's opposition. But the Lord speaks a word over you today and He says, don't be afraid. Come on, don't let fear pull you down this morning. For God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. He says, don't be afraid. Take courage. The Lord is with you. Amen. Now, Pause for a moment and consider the storm. In fact, consider the two storms that are in operation. There is the wind, the waves, lightning, crazy waves trying to destroy the disciples. But in actual fact, church, there's a whole nother storm. Do you know what that storm is? It's the storm on the inside. When you go through a test, come on now, when you go through a trial, there are in fact two storms that are in operation. There's the external, there's the circumstance, there's the not nice person, <laughs> there's the issue. But you know where the real storm is? The real storm in fact is not the external. The real storm is the internal. Stay with me now. Now, watch when Jesus comes, which storm does He deal with first? Amen. Come on, church. Amen. Because in my mind, if I was Jesus, to settle these brothers down so they don't have a heart attack is to deal with the external. Come on, someone. But Jesus does not deal with the external, Jesus speaks to the internal. When I'm in a storm, Lord, deal with it. They're not very nice. They're out to get me. <laughs> this is not, not really working out too good for us. And the Lord says, don't be afraid. Where's the fear? It's not out there. When you experience fear, it's not something out there. Where's the fear coming from? 
in here. And he says, take courage. Where does courage come from? He's dealing with the internal storm. Amen. And the Lord, instead of in the, this journey of destiny, getting to the other side, I want the external change. And He says, I can change the external in a moment. I can speak a word and the external changes. But He says to them, disciples, you're gonna learn something today. Because real victory is not the external changing. Come on church. Real victory is not that moving. Real victory is what happens in here. Now, my old Assemblies of God pastor, who had an old Assemblies of God pastor back in the day? One day you'll say that of me. (laughs) He would have this saying, And he would say it week after week and I was a teenager and I thought, does this guy not have any other sayings in life? (laughs) And he would say, character before gifting. Change the external Lord. But the Lord says, I'm doing something new in you. Much fruit equals much pruning. Tall buildings equal deep foundations. Amen. You see, I love the external moving. I love the external shifting. But the Lord says, let's change something on the inside. Can you say amen? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith. Maybe the storm is there to actually build your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those who come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Faith. Faith. What is faith? Well, we just read a biblical interpretation of faith. But let me give you another interpretation. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God, amen, faith. Lord, change your circumstance. It's heavy. (laughs) It's like, come on. Maybe God's trying to do something in you. Maybe there's a new level of faith. Maybe there's a belief in the purposes of God and in a word from God, something that jumps off the pages of Scripture, a rhema word, not a logos word, a rhema word that comes from God. What is logos? Logos is general. It's the written word of God. 
Rhema is something that, whoa, that's for me today. <laughs> You've got a rhema psalm. You have a rhema passage of Scripture. That's mine. That belongs to me. It's rhema. It's become alive. When you see the word word in the New Testament, the Greek interpretation is either logos or it is rhema. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, not logos, rhema that comes out of the mouth of God. He wants to give you a rhema. I may not see the circumstance change. I may not see the shift and this happen and that happen. But in here, this makes me happy. It's already happened. That's faith. In here, there's a shift. First the spirit and then the natural. Come on. We're gonna grow in our faith this morning, church, because we will always, stay with me now, we will remain immature. Immature if it's always about the external. I need something in here, Lord. I need a supernatural peace in here. Sorry, I know I'm walking around a lot for the online. Claudia like is building arm muscles today. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> You're doing a good job, Claudia. Lord, change it. Move it. But maybe the Lord is actually trying to build my faith. Any faith people in the house this morning? People of faith. When the Son of Man comes, what's He looking for? Will He find faith on the earth? You ready to keep going? You enjoying today's message? Number three. Jesus invites Peter to a life of faith. Your storm, your miracle, or your challenge leading to a miracle, I should say. Come on, this difficulty is an invitation. He loves receiving invitations. Come to the wedding, come to the 21st, be my special guest. (laughs) You know, when we think of invitations, it's always like to something nice, you know. But this invitation, it's like, I don't like this invitation. (laughs) It's a difficult invitation. But Jesus gives him an invitation. He says, you know that thing that's trying to destroy you? I've already won the victory. I'm walking on it. I'm showing you. I'm the victor. I've overcome. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. Come on, I know this is a word for people today. Peter answered, said to him and said, Lord, if it is You, command me to come to You on the water. So he said, come. Are you ready? Peter did not walk on water. Do you know what he walked on? A Word that came out 
of the mouth of Jesus. And it was the word, come. C-O-M-E. Bit of wind, few waves. Write this down, seen forces, unseen forces. When you go through a trial, it's always one or the other or a bit of both. Seen forces, you gotta know the difference. C-O-M-E. He'd expanded His faith. And the Lord sends you an invitation today because this storm is not out to destroy you. This storm is not out to hurt you. This storm is an invitation, watch this, to a miracle life of faith. Because, because, stay with me now. If I can do it all in my own strength, I always knew it. I always knew I could do this. But when I'm at the mercy of Jesus, we stay in that place of humility and we say, over to You, Lord. Help me, Jesus. What are You saying in this situation? Oh, I feel emotional. What is it that You wanna do? What's Your plan? What's Your purpose? I come to the feet of Jesus and I ask for mercy and grace and help in the time of need. Amen. Whew. Peter steps out of the boat. Now watch this. When did Peter step out of the boat? Had Jesus said, okay, Peter, we're gonna make it nice and easy for you. Okay, wind, waves, lightning, away with you. <laughs> no, storm was still raging. Amen. Because the storm can rage. The storm can be all around you. But you know what I've got? I got a word from God. I got something from the supernatural and all I needed was one word, come. And the very thing that tried to destroy him is the very thing that Peter is walking on. Your storm is an invitation, Peter, to the life of faith. When I was 23, I was a youth pastor and there was a young couple that joined our youth ministry. He had come from a challenging background. He had just come out of Teen Challenge. He was a heroin addict. Married, good couple, but he was trying his best but he was struggling. When you come out of Teen Challenge, one of the things you gotta do is we gotta make sure this guy doesn't have idle times on his hands. Uh, so we try to get him to prayer meetings and life group and everything else that goes with it because idle time, is not good for him. The challenge is they didn't have a car. One day I'm in a prayer meeting, Alison and I are in a youth leaders prayer meeting. And I started thinking about him and his wife. And at that time, I had two cars. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Brad, Alison, give them your car. And I was like, oh no Lord, I'm a youth pastor. 
I earn less than people that work at McDonald's. This is not good. (laughs) And the impression grew stronger. Give them your car. I didn't have a lot of money. Alison was just finishing university. Only been married for a short period of time. The couch in my house was gifted by Alison's grandmum. It was kind of falling apart a little bit. It was one of those old brown ones. <laughs> and the Lord said, give it away. I'm inviting you to a life of faith. Well, we went to them. Yeah, let's give God a hand of praise. We gifted them a nice car. Cost me 4,500 bucks, which back then, you know, it was a good car. (laughs) Had mags, everything. (laughs) Eventually, they were at, you know, youth, church, did well in his relationship with God. And I'm a pastor. We're pastors in Adelaide. And this family rocks up. I'd not seen them for more than 10 years. They rock up to our church in Adelaide. I'm like, dude, how are you? You're doing great. Hugs, kisses. So I haven't seen you in ages. I'm serving God, Brad, with all my heart. I've never looked back since you were my youth pastor. He goes, you've got to come over, meet my kids and all that. I said, all right, I'll come over. So drove down, they were living in North Adelaide and I don't think they believed in contraception. They had many children. They called him Father Abraham. They were like everywhere, man. (laughs) They had worship on, serving Jesus. Started playing drums in one of our departments in our church there in Adelaide. And I remember when I sat down with him, he said, remember when you gave me that car? Because I was so tempted to run, but you provided me with a vehicle so I could be at every prayer meeting, every worship encounter. I did the New Christians class so many times just so I wouldn't go back to my old friends. And here I am serving God today. God invited me to a life of faith. I've never been without a car and I've always seen the blessing of God in this arena. Are you willing to step into a life of faith? Storms are raging around you, I know. I can feel it. I can sense it in my spirit. But you're an overcomer. You are above and not beneath. You're the head, come on. You're a confident person. We're not talking gender specific, we are, regardless of your gender. You're confident, you're strong, you have authority. Come on, you have anointing. There's a touch of God upon your life and the Lord's asking you to rise in that authority and speak. I've got a Word from God. C-O-M.
A. It's not much. It's just one word. But I got a word. C. My daughter's gonna be healed. My son's gonna be set free. I'm gonna win the victory. C. O. M. E. It's in here. Can we rise up in faith this morning and worship the Lord together? Come on, any people of faith in the house this morning? In Jesus' Name, let's worship Him together. Lift your voice and sing. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.